This is the Loud Pedal Podcast, talking all things supercars with your host, Chris Starks. Hey, hello, and welcome to the Loud Pedal Podcast, brought to you by Super Cheap Auto. This week, our very special guest, first of all, Brad Jones from the aptly named Brad Jones Racing. Bradley, how are you? Fantastic, thanks, Dubsy. Uh, mate, great to hear your voice again. And also our driver this week, Todd Hazelwood from Matt Stone Racing. Todd, how are you? I'm very good, thanks, Chris, and uh, thanks for having me part of the show. Absolute pleasure. We're looking forward to this one. It's a pretty big one. We've had our break over Easter and Anzac, and we're all refreshed and ready to go. But the P word, parody, has a number of people peed off. Another change for the Mustang. It's had its wings clipped quite literally after winning nine of the opening ten races. Ford are not happy. We did ask them if they were willing to put someone forward to speak to us today. They initially said yes, then they declined that offer, saying that they will let their talking uh, be done on the racetrack from here on in. Brad, first of all, I'll start with you. Hey, I've got a question for you first, Chris. Well, go. You're unhappy. Because of the statement, and uh, if you can read between the lines of their statement, I think it's quite clear when they said Mustang is run by some of the best teams in the series, and that's not technical parity. It is the sporting performance of the teams that race the car. That's why I think they're not happy and they're not willing to speak to us today. You think they're okay? I mean, they have said the rules well, are the rules and they'll play by them. Yeah, and and I think it's the same for everyone. I mean, look, it's a, it's a really complex equation when you stop and think about it, but I think when there's six of them and five of them are in the top six, do you think... Do you think that's parity? Well, I don't have all the data and stats and facts. No, but you, you see the results. Tell me what you yeah. think. Well, I I would have liked to see maybe that we go a little bit longer. I don't I don't think it is parity, but that's not my role. That's your role, I guess, well, as a board member and commissioner, team owner. You're, you're uh, so a spectator, I'm, right? You're an interested yeah, bystander yep, yep. and it affects what you do. So your opinion's important, certainly to me. You like that? <laughs> I do like that. You can come on any time. Look, yeah. I, I, I want to see great racing like everyone does. And w- the sport is underpinned by the fact that it's a parody category, and that's why it's renowned around the world, isn't it? Because the racing has always yeah. been so good, and that's what we want. We don't want one team out the front. But when we have some Mustangs that are a bit further back, I, I, I don't know because I don't see the, the data how much is the McLaughlin-Penske factor. How much yeah, but is, 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 it about, is it about where the first two cars is or is it about where they run as a group? I guess it's everyone as a group. What's the data telling you after Phillip Island in terms of, of the aero? What have you seen and been yeah, provided but it's, but in it's, your roles? Well, you don't, you don't get provided anything, but you look at the results. I mean, the bottom line is I think what a lot of people – look, at the end of the day, you know, this started with the ZB, and I, I think, and then there was an outcry after the first race, and then we dropped yep. – the we, we allowed the um, the Mustang – sorry, the Falcon and the Nissan to have composite roof – bonnets and boots to bring the C of G down in the cars and that sort yep. of evened up a little bit. And we're sort of going through the same thing, but, but um, you know, it's a bit more extreme than it was with the ZB and it's just a matter of supercars getting it right. It's a, it's a really complex equation. It's the first time that a two-door car has been has been set on our, our platform and, and normally what happens is with a, you know, a Commodore or a Nissan or a Falcon, is if the car doesn't fit on the platform, if it needs to be shortened, then they cut four inches out of one spot on the car and they rattle through the door, over the roof, down the other side, shorten the car up. If it's an extension, they do the same thing. With this car, it's been purposely built to fit on our platform. And honestly, 
in the history of supercars, that's never happened before. So it's got a little bit extra here, a little bit less there, and it's right yep. through the car. So the chances of them getting it perfectly right the first time out is slim when you stop and think about it. And, and so I feel like it's just an adjustment along the way. I don't think anyone's trying to make it so the Mustang doesn't win. That's certainly not the intent. No, and obviously that's not what the people at Supercars are, are trying to achieve. I guess, as you said, it's a complex matter, but have we given it enough time to, to breathe? Clearly, the car was signed off at the start of the year, so how much is is it the inability to have a really good um, wind tunnel facility here in Australia? Is, is that an issue? Because if the car was approved at the start of the year, you can understand why people would then say, well, why isn't allowed to race for the rest of the year? <laughs> yeah, but but you know, is there a problem with our process? Um, is yes, there? there? Is I mean, yeah, well, okay. clearly, well, how would you improve things. it? If if money, I mean, money is an issue, so it's hypothetical. But how would you? Well, the first thing you do is take them in a wind tunnel when you yeah. set them at the height that you race, rather yep. than the height that we took, aero test them. But that 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 run down the airstrip has worked well for us over the last twenty years. So. Um, but it's not working at the moment. You know, clearly there's there's a lot of things that have have impacted on this. You know, the weight of the cars, the way they're built. You know, nowadays the body shapes on the car are composite. You know, sorry, are made out of composite material. Where yep. once upon a, not not that long ago they were genuine panels, or a number of them were anyway. Mm. So there's so many things that contribute to it, and really it's you know supercars are working pretty hard. To stay on top of it, and I feel like they're doing um, the best job they can at the moment, and, and, you know, it's a process. Todd, for you, as a driver in the field that's not behind the wheel of a Mustang, how do you feel about what's been going on? Look, for me as a driver and uh, running in a Commodore and uh, a small team at Racing, we've just uh, been keeping our head down and trying to stay out of it, to be honest. I, uh, <laughs> I honestly cringe every time I hear the word parody when I uh, yep. interview because... Honestly, from my point of view, there's nothing I can do, and it's really all in control of supercars and, and obviously working with the, the appropriate team managers to uh, make those changes. But you know, probably just touching on what Brad said, you know, at the end of the day, the, there's numbers there that need to be tweaked. Obviously, they've got enough data to, to see that there is an issue there, and um, they're doing their best to get on top of it sooner rather than later because obviously, you know, we don't want to lose interest of the sport. We are known as, you know, the, the most successful touring car championship in the world for our close racing. and and um, mixing it up around the, around the front. You know, that's why people watch it and turn the TV on. So we don't want to lose that. Um, and I think moving forward, it's only going to improve the racing and, and create a better product for supercars. Scotty McLaughlin has said he's got fire in the belly after the latest change. How do you think you would feel, Todd, if your car that had been approved was being, I guess, for want of a better term, being brought back to the pack? Um, oh, look, there's definitely two ways you can look at it. Obviously, they would be frustrated because... You know, from their point of view, they'd probably feel like they've done nothing wrong. But as Brad said, you know, it's, a, it's not the first, you know, this is the first time we've seen a two-door car in this championship. So there's always going to be issues. Um, and there's also <coughs> going to be things that they don't have to rectify throughout the year. So I don't think he's going to be You know, I think he's in a league of his own at the moment. He's got confidence on his side. You know, he's, he's essentially swept the floor this year already. So... Mm. Um, you know, I think they don't really have too much to worry about. And I think from what I've been able to see in the timing and, and analysing the micro sectors from event to event, I still think they've got plenty of uh, speed left up their sleeve come race day at the this weekend. Which Brad, I think does everyone... Well. Sorry, go again. Yeah, I think the same thing. I don't think they've got too much to worry about. Yeah. 
Does everyone need to take a, a deep breath? Is that your overriding message, Brad, to everyone? That just take a deep breath. This is a new, a new car that's entered, and we're doing our best to make it as level as possible for everyone. Is that is that the overriding message? Uh, I think so. I mean, it's not for me to speak on behalf of supercars, but but this is not about stopping the Mustang from winning races. That's not the intention yep. at all. It's just about making you know our racing great, like it always has been. And and just trying to to get it right. You know, it's the first time this type of car has been admitted into the series. We want more two doors in. Um, you know, we want more manufacturers in. And and so it's you know, I think they're very gently adjusting the car along the way so they don't turn up and all of a sudden the the Mustang's uncompetitive. So you know, I think it's been handled the right way. I think supercars are doing a really good job. I think they're spending a lot of time talking to the homologation teams. And I, I think they're doing the right thing, but it's a right, very how- complex. It's a very complex equation, you know. When you look at how they're going about it, what information they've got, you know, it's not like we can plonk the things in a wind tunnel in the middle of the season and go, okay, here we are. So, so what needs to happen is you've got to base it on what's happening on the racetrack, and then you need to very gently adjust it so you don't um, cause forward too much grief. And I think that's what they're doing. So, Brad, can you explain to us what the actual changes are in terms of the rear wing end plates, et cetera, and what's being done for this weekend for, for those that aren't across it? Um, I, not really. Um, <laughs> what what no, we understand I mean, is... They've, they've trimmed the rear wing end plate. I don't yep. know how much. And they've yep. given a little trim at the front and a bit of a trim at the back. Yep. Which so I in think terms of the under tray lengths, et cetera. Yep. Yeah. But I can't give you the links. I'm not 100% sure of that. No, no, that's fine. How hard is it for you personally? How, how much of a battle, given you're a commissioner, a board member and a, and a team owner and someone who just loves the sport, how hard is this to be part of and try and balance all those different roles? Um, you mean from my perspective? Well, yeah, yeah, I, personally. Hmm. Oh, I don't, you know, I've, I've, got a, I've got an opinion, I guess, and, and you've got to balance it up with, between your role as a commission member, as a as a board member and as a competitor. And really, that's why I think the best course of action is for supercars to handle this, and that's what's going on. So I wouldn't say the commission has an impact, certainly not the team representatives okay. uh, or the board members. This is something that supercars are sorting out with the homologation team. So, I've, you know, it's one of the reasons... Uh, it's one of the reasons why I really believe the process is being done in the right way. This is this is about supercars and the homologation teams. What do you say to someone like John Bow that says this process is making a mockery of the sport? Does he not understand the facts close enough? Is that the problem? Yeah, that's the yeah. problem. Todd, you were running, you were running a Ford last year and swapped. Any regrets now? If you're looking at the speed of them. Uh, definitely not. I think you only have to look where we were 12 months ago running the Falcon. And where we are running as a team now, we certainly don't have any regrets whatsoever. And uh, you know, I think for us as a team, it's not it's not just the body shape; it's also the the, the stuff all under the car. You know, the, the front yep. geometry is a big change for us and for us, and, and you know, creating that mechanical grip. You know, everyone talks about aero, but there's still a lot of emphasis up and down pit lane and what we do underneath the car. And, and for us, that was the biggest thing. And you know, we, I think we don't have any regrets doing, and you can never have regrets. You just got to. Keep your eyes forward and um, and keep focused on what you're trying to achieve, and that's exactly what we're doing as a team. We're obviously aligned with Triple Eight now, which is a, a yep. benefit for us, and it's um, I think it's already proven this year what we can do, you know, with the with that association, with that team, and you know, hopefully we can just keep improving and 
you know, stay out of all the parody debate and uh, all the other <laughs> aspects and while everyone else is jumping up and down flying about it, we can uh, just focus on our job and get the best results for our team. All right, let's leave the parody debate alone then for now. Thanks uh, for engaging in the chat, both of you. Um, Brad, your future with Holden, that's secure ongoing? You're not looking at changing or anything? Um, not at the moment. I mean, <clears throat> we have a great relationship with Holden. We've been with him for a number of years. And, uh, you know, we're pretty happy with the product. I think we're having a pretty strong year, to be honest. Um, we're in that, that group of elite Holdens and... And, um, you know, it's all going well. Todd, your year, as you said, has been sensational. But Phillip Island, James Courtney, took you out, mate. Seventh, qualified in the top ten both days. Uh, pretty uh, nice performance down there in terms of speed. How did that go down with JC? He came to chat to you? Yeah, look, he came afterwards, you know, to me afterwards after the race. And, it, you know, these things happen, cold tires, first lap, and... When you're in that battle pack, things happen, and uh, unfortunately, as you said, you know we were having a really strong weekend, and it was, you know, a little bit frustrating to to walk away knowing what could have been. But um, at the same time, it was by far our best weekend ever in supercars, consistently in the top ten in every session, and um, couldn't have been happier with the way the whole team performed. We've, we've certainly come in leaps and bounds in the last probably eight months as a team, and really happy with the progress we're making. So. I think we're really starting to understand the ZB a lot more and we're being able to get the car to roll out of the truck more consistent, which is definitely key. And, um, yeah, I'm feeling sure really comfortable in the car and the engineering team's done a fantastic job, which is um, making my life even easier. And you even received some praise from Roland Dane, having shown up Triple Eight a number of times in the last couple of races. How'd that go down with you? Oh, look, it's, um, it's the best part of this relationship is that they help us out a lot. And um, anytime we can return the favour, it certainly helps build that relationship and, and show that um, you know, both myself and both my engineer and, and our team here are more than capable of doing a good job when we get it all together. So it's um, yeah, it's been a really good thing. Obviously, you know, for a couple of rounds now, we've been able to mix it with those guys. You know, from that obviously from a car perspective and, and internally with Triple Eight, it's um, been really good. Mate, I can vouch for the region of Albury as a place to. Uh, to visit or perhaps relocate to up at Beechworth over <laughs> Easter myself. Uh, Brad, you'd be pretty impressed with how Todd's going. Would you like to have him in your team one day in the future? He's doing all right, isn't he? Yeah, he's doing a great job. And, and um, you know, it just goes to show you, if you look at where he was last year with the Vulcan, you know, he's gone on, they've gone on board with um, um, Roland and got a really good um, base. And they're doing an amazing job. You know, they're, they're kicking goals, which is terrific. Mate, the feedback and debrief from Phillip Island for you at uh, BJR, what was the problem with Slade's tyre in there? Did you did you get a real pinpoint issue with that? Um, you know, it's, it's well, not not really. I mean, it's just okay. one of those things. Phillip Island's one of those places where if you overdo it with the sherry, then, you know, it can become a problem very quickly. Yeah. The Triple Eight failures, Wind Cup's wheel, it's a bit weird. There's a bit going on there. I understand, Todd, you might know better, a bit of new equipment there with the wheel nut and the way they secure that. Is that something that you've also got or, or do you know anything about what's going on there? Look, I think 
you know, been able to analyse uh, what happened with Winkup's car there. They just simply didn't get the nut on at all. So they actually implemented a new captive nut design um, and the, the locking mechanism and the hub, actual hub itself was all new. And uh, we've also been running that uh, that new update as well and we haven't had any issues, I think. Okay. With Winkup, it was just one of those things where they actually didn't get the nut on far enough for us to actually engage. And it's amazing that the wheel actually stayed on as long as for what it did, but essentially it was just hanging on by a thread and eventually come off but um you know, i think that's the beauty of these mistakes can happen when uh we're doing you know very quick pit stops where there's not a lot of fuel going in the car if not at all and there's all emphasis on the tire guys so you know the high pressure big stakes sort of moment and i think uh it's just a simple mistake that caught him out yeah some issues also for shell v power guys in in the line with those pit stop stalls and i think in the end it was a pit lane limiter issue that put scott behind Fabian in the second race of the weekend. Brad, that's that's an unusual one, isn't it? I think we all expected to see Scott come out in front there. Yeah, I mean, I watched the race back the other day. Normally, I wouldn't really be able to comment too much on it because you end up so isolated in your own little world mm. that, you you know, you look up and you see stuff. And, you know, I came at um, Adelaide uh, at the corner of my eye and I noticed that Fabian came in the pits and they didn't put fuel in. I thought to myself at the time, that's a bit weird. I don't think he's only got fuel for four laps. So, then, you know, and then two seconds later, he's coming down pit lane again. They forgot to hook it up. So, um, you don't, you know, unless it's something odd like that, you don't really pay a lot of attention to it. Okay. So, I think, um, I think, I think what they've got going on in the pit stops with the line locker not engaging. I don't really understand that, but it, but it's, um, you know, it's one of those things isn't it it's you know and it's what makes our racing interesting it was good to see fabian get up there and, and give scotty run for his money but i i really couldn't tell you why scotty mm. looked like he dropped a couple of seconds yep great to see de pasquale and heimgartner on the podium across the weekend brad a changing of the guard in some ways this year isn't well, it well um a, a little i mean you know one swallow doesn't make a funnel so yeah. I think that, you know, we need a bit more bit more of that going on. But certainly, I think it's encouraging, certainly from Andre's perspective. I, I really think he's a, a talented guy. He's been in our team before and, uh, you know, he's a, he's a good little peddler. And, and as you said, it's nice to see someone new in that group. Yep. In terms of your year, Brad, you touched on before, you're having a good year. You're happy with where, where things are at. Obviously, everyone wants more, but overall, you're, you're pretty comfortable with things. Oh, uh, not really. You never have. No. So I think that um, our consistency is better, and you know we're capable of running around the back of the top ten most most events. But you know the ones where you really excel and end up on the podium um, are coming around as often as I would like. So you know uh, I think that having having two guys inside the top ten is really important in the drivers' championship. We sit in P3 in the team's championship, but it's really tight. One bad meeting and that'll all change. Yeah. So um, I think I think we're in a reasonable spot at the moment. I think we've got some good stuff going on. And, and um, you know, we're sort of in the group. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to going to Perth, to tell you the truth. That's one place well, that provided, I think we're pretty strong at. You've provided us with uh, plenty of fodder for our radio days this year on Fox Sports. Percat and Slade yeah. at the AGP dust-up. The boys are okay. They're all recovered from that. Yeah, it's always hard. You know, like, you know, I managed to get the truck with the engineers and had a good chat to them about what my expectations are and what we should be doing as a team and, and not taking your teammate off the road. 
is a really important part of that. So, um, but, you know, they're both doing a really good job at the moment. We running around each other all the time, which makes it pretty stressful. And obviously you want to beat your teammate first. So there's, you know, there's a bit going on. Um, but it's just, you know, it's really my role and the engineers that run those cars role to manage that as best we can. And, and um, you know, we didn't do a very good job of managing it at the Grand Prix. Yep. Moving on to Perth, new surface, Todd, what are your expectations? What's the team or Intel telling you there? Brad, you might have some insights as well, but firstly, Todd. Yeah, for us, obviously, completely new surface and, and what was originally known as the highest degradating circuit that we ever went to. So completely different mentality attacking this weekend and uh, obviously life is not going to be really a talking point at all and I think that was always a thing that created really interesting racing, a lot of different strategies. So I think for us actually trying to get the tyre to turn on and qualifying is going to be really tricky. It's going to be very similar to Tasmania where it's a short lap, 50-odd seconds, you know, actually trying to get the tyre to turn on in that first lap is going to be really critical. Um, so it's going to be interesting things roll out there, possibly, um, and obviously night racing. So yeah, can't wait to see how the tracks lit up and, and what it all looks like. And obviously Eastern Creek, from a driver's perspective, was really cool, you know, not having a lot of dark spots and, and really using the muscle memory to get around the circuit quickly. So yeah, can't wait for the challenge and uh, see how the guys over in Perth have set everything up. Just make sure that rear wing's attached, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's a few drinks going on about that at the moment in the workshop, but... Um, <laughs> Yeah, she's she's just cool and ready to go. <laughs> okay, well, that was one of the highlights last year for night racing. Brad, what have you got up your sleeves there, mate? Any cool lighting or anything different that we should be uh, expecting? Well, I'm not sure. You just dragged me out of our strategy meeting, so I don't know what's going on. <laughs> um, Sorry, no, I, <laughs> that's all right. Um, look, we, you know, the, I mean, the lighting looks nice, but that's not what it's all about. For me, I was yeah. a little disappointed that they um, – Resurface the circuit because strategy-wise, you know, it was yeah. always one I really enjoyed going to because tie deck was such a killer. That said, um, you know, I've been through this before when they've resurfaced that place and, and the racing is fast and intense and I think tonight is going to be great. You know, I think we'll have a big crowd there and I think, uh, you know, I'm really hoping it's it's um, it's certainly one I circled as a potential podium. So it'll be interesting to see how the whole thing rolls out. Night racing in general, gentlemen, we keep hearing these rumours and suggestions that the summer series is coming, there'll be more night racing. You a fan or not, uh, Todd? Oh, I love it. I, I think it's one of the cases that you don't want to have too much of it because then it takes it away from the events that do have it. So I think what we uh, saw at Eastern Creek last year was a massive success, one of the biggest crowds I've ever seen at Eastern Creek for many years. You know, I think we haven't seen a crowd like that since I was... Uh, you know, in my nappies watching racing. So um, it's you know, a great, great feeling, great atmosphere. You know, I think every, you know, it gives people the opportunity to finish work and uh, come out to the track with their family and, and have a real relaxing afternoon out on the racetrack. And for us as teams, it's also not a bad way as well because it actually shortens our weekend program. We actually get home a day earlier. And, um, you know, it's beneficial for everyone. And I think from a TV point of view as well, it's also very beneficial from what we're seeing as far as statistics are concerned. And... You know, I think as long as we keep improving our product, I think that's only a great thing. And I think the best thing that happened last year was supercars actually, you know, having the commitment to go do it and make it happen. There was obviously a lot of, you know, disagreeing whether or not it would be a successful thing. So to actually put it together, put on a fantastic show, you know, it's great for everyone involved. Brad, is it the future summer series? Is that the way that, that we go more night racing? 
Well, I think it's about finding the balance. You know, we, we've been through these top 10 shootouts. You know, one is great. Um, two's, you know, not bad. You know, by the time you get to 15, they're probably getting a little, a little in the tree. So I think that um, where we're at, it's, it's you know, a different concept where instead of having one night of racing, we're going to have two. And it'll be interesting to see how that rolls out. But I think it's great. You know, like Todd, I think that it dragged plenty of people in. I think it's exciting. Um, and it's a point of difference. And I think it's... All right, Todd, in terms of your livery, anything up your sleeve this year for night racing? Um, we've actually got a new partner on the side of the car, which is really exciting. It's going to be a striking livery that uh, I'm sure is going to stand out. We uh, we actually had the car under light you know, um, at about 8 o'clock last week uh, here in the workshop, and we turned it all on, and it looked fantastic. So looking forward to seeing how that rolls out, and we've got a few little uh, sneaky highlights on the grill, so you should be able to see our car from afar. All right, you're not going to give us a little exclusive here on the loud pedal? <laughs> uh, you'll have to uh, you'll have to watch the news for that one. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Brad, you guys got uh, Tim Blanchard, of course, uh, as a wild card in Perth. That's a cool-looking car, mate. That's really good for the sport, isn't it? Petronas on board. Yeah, yeah, no, it looks great. I um, honestly know how we didn't put 44 on the window instead of 77. Stuck on even a little bit on that point. But I, look, I think the car looks great. You know, it's great to have them in and, and involved, and it's nice for Timmy to do. A, you know, a race it was always intention for him to do some, uh, some races, and this opportunity arose, and and so it's worked out pretty well. And so um, I think this is a circuit that he goes well at normally. So it'll be interesting to see how he goes. I'm hoping he goes really well. And like you said, the car looks great. Is he with you next year? There's rumours he's looking for a Mustang. Um, I don't know. You'll have to ask him that. Oh, I will. I'll ask him that. Might have some news in trackside this week then if you can't yeah. tell me. Uh, yeah, 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 good. Uh, in in general, it's a pretty difficult, isn't it, situation at the moment. You're not involved, either of you, but for Techno and, and Jack LeBrock, we understand it's gone to mediation. Now, we still don't know yet who's going to be driving that, that car this weekend. In, in general terms, this sport, it's tough financially, politically, Brad, you know, as well as, as, well as anyone, don't you? This is not a nice situation for those guys as a team or a driver to be in. No, I've I've never heard of that happening before. To tell you the truth, I mean you either in or out a little bit, so I'm not quite sure what's going on. But one thing's for sure, Jack's a uh, a really good driver and he deserves an opportunity. And Techno have been around a long time, and so to see it get to this point where people are are talking the way they are is really, really uh, disappointing and and unfortunate. More to the point, I guess. And um, you know, the webs have been in and around the sport for a long, long time, and I hope they get it all sorted out. Todd, for you, still selling sausages, it's been kind of a trademark for you, hasn't it, in the way that you've, you've done the hard yards with your family support, and a lot of, as is motorsport around the world, there's a lot of people paying it to get their drives. How difficult is it to be financially sustainable, and how much hard work do you have to put into this? Uh, I don't think I could ever describe how much work goes into it. It's something that you just have to do yourself and there's no certain path to get into where we are today essentially you know being a, a driver in the supercars championship is one in a million and there's only 24 spots available so it's a very cutthroat industry it's not like football where you've got uh, you know the opportunity to link up with teams and there's multiple teams and players around the country you know there's only x amount of teams here in in supercars and 24 spots so to 
to be at this level now is, you know, getting here is one thing and actually sustaining that role and, and, and showing the promise and, and getting a contract for future years. It's even tougher and, um, you know, touching on what LeBrock's going through, you know, I couldn't imagine what, what that is as a driver's point of view because you do, you do all the hard yards, you show what you're capable of to get there. And then when you finally actually, you know, get to a point where you're, you, you know, you're doing all the right things, you're showing all the right uh, things for a team's point of view and, and to, to see what he's going through is really tough. But, um, that's, uh, that's the industry we're in. I think it's always been like that. And, um, you know, I think now uh, there's more media, there's more speculation, there's more access to what goes on behind the scenes in our sport for our fans to see. And obviously there's more talk about all these things. So um, it certainly puts the pressure on from a driver's perspective because you know, at the end of the day, we're all in it for ourselves. We're all trying to prove what we can do and maximise the equipment that we've got at our fingertips. So... Um, it's a tough thing, but um, that's the beauty of our sport because it's not you're not just uh, you haven't just got one little ball that you're kicking around. You've got so many other aspects that you've got to try and gel and, and get working together from a team, from an engineering, the car, and the driver, and all the other aspects and sponsorship. It's uh, it's an almighty challenge, but that's uh, that's why I like the sport because it's the ultimate reward when you get it right. How much are you learning from Triple Eight? How much are they sharing? With you, we had Frosty on the other week in terms of their relationship at Irwin Racing. For you, anyone in particular uh, providing extra help or mentorship to you in any way, shape or form? Look, we got to – I can't get into the nitty-gritty details of what we do, but um, – you know, Yeah, you can. We're you know, just having, having a chat, mate. It's just us. Yeah, <laughs> it's not going anywhere. But, um, <laughs> yeah, definitely. It, it's been fantastic from a team's point of view, obviously having access to what they do at the track and – you know, having that little bit of setup advice and, and um, assistance is a great benefit for the team. But also for me as a driver, being able to see, you know, what Winkup and Shane are doing behind the wheel is, you know, a huge benefit. You know, arguably having two of the best teammates in the game, essentially that's why I look at it from my point of view as a, a massive help. And when you're a single-card team, sometimes you can not really know where the areas for improvement are. So obviously being able to see two benchmark drivers doing what they're doing is been really beneficial for me and, and also giving me the confidence knowing that um, you know we've got a very similar equipment now so when we when we get it right we can um, be around those guys or in front of them which is even cooler and uh, yeah really proud of how it's all been going so far good job Brad who wins this weekend you said you'll be on the podium but uh, who's going to be on oh, the no, next I didn't step? say I said I had it circled as one where we could be on the <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you put words in your mouth come on yeah, no um, I think uh, I don't think anyone will be the shell cars this weekend. Yep. So the Mustang and the new arrow at that track, it won't won't make the difference? I don't think it'll make the difference at any circuit. Yep. Todd, I just do think you it's a wins? slight trim. Oh, sorry. Go on, Brad. I just think it's a slight trim. I don't think it's, you know, I don't think it's, it's going to make that much difference. I mean, it'll be interesting. You know what's going to make a big difference is the amount of grip that the circuit generates because yeah. it's being resurfaced. So that's probably one of the things that that's an unknown, but um, that, that might change things around a little bit. Who knows? But um, I still think that they're going to take a lot of beating. They're really on top of their game at the moment. They're doing excellent work and um, they're going to be hard to beat. Brad, just just one more about the parody. You're talking about the Mustang. Oh, is good. It- Sorry, <laughs> I just want to make sure that everyone at home understands it. Is it a percentage that they're trying to to draw back, or is it? How do you actually measure it? Do you know what I mean? For someone that's not technical in terms of the the arrow, that if they've got an advantage in that area, how do you bring it back percentage wise or timing wise, etc.? Do you know what I mean? 
Well, you look at it on CFD. So it's got a you know company that contracts to them. It's got a very powerful you know um, ability to do CFD, yeah. which is the, the the way the arrow is done at at some level for you know everything Formula One <clears throat> and all the categories down. So, but it's it's it, nothing is you know it's like going to a wind tunnel. If if it was easy. Everyone would be going as fast as Mercedes in Formula One. So it's you're as you're as good as the people around you and the resources that you have. So they're, they're, you know supercars are just working through it as best they can with the information they've got. They're talking to the the people that they get information from that do CFD for them and work through all that, and and they make an adjustment based on that. And also after talking to the people that impacts on. So I think you're following. You know, um, they haven't rushed off and gone, you're just going to get this. There's been certainly discussions with homologation groups and manufacturers. Brad, thank you for your time. Some great robust discussion there. Enjoyed that. Lots of uh, fun and hopefully some good understandings for, for everyone. We'll let you get back to that strategy meeting. And if uh, it doesn't go well and you don't get on the podium this weekend, because I wasn't in the you can, yeah. Exactly. You can play much. Exactly. Brad, thanks for your time, mate. Really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks. See you, Todd. No, thanks. All right. Likewise, Todd, to you, thank you very much for joining us. We'll catch up with you again uh, throughout the year. Keep up that good form. We're all enjoying watching you, achieving what you're achieving so far with much more to come. Thanks for your time, Todd. No, thanks, Chris, and uh, look forward to seeing everyone in Perth. Absolutely. So the standings at the moment, it is Scotty McLaughlin, McLaughlin even leading Fabian Coulthard by 124 points. Chaz Mostert is in third down, 243. Then it's Van Gisberg and Anne Reynolds. Teams, Shell V-Power ahead of the Red Bull Holden Racing Team by 511. Freightliner Racing and 7-Eleven Racing, as is their official entry name. Of course, Brad Jones Racing is in third position. SVG won the Sydney Supernight. Who wins in Perth? All the action on Fox Sports this weekend. Don't forget, subscribe to the Loud Pedal Podcast. This show was brought to you by Super Cheap Auto, where if you find a better price online or in another store, they want you to let them know because it's Super Cheap Auto. They're cheaper or they'll beat it. Visit your local store or online at supercheapauto.com.au. This has been the Loud Pedal Podcast. We'll catch you next time. 